It is 11.03 and back at it, Dr. Payne Show. Phone lines are open. You have questions, uh, comments about your health, maybe calling for a friend or family member. That's cool, too. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. How many people have come into your clinic after shoveling that first snowfall? <laughs> oh, I'm done. I'm done. Right? It wasn't that bad. No. But it wasn't people, that bad. I, but I don't you, shovel till December. I don't care how much snow we get. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Really? November? No. Not shoveling. It's not happening. Slip, fall, whatever you're gonna do. December, then I'll start then shoveling. You'll start. Okay, okay uh, so there we go. Don't 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 apply that logic. That's right. No, you know you know what? A lot of the times with the shoveling the snow, um, I mean, obviously everybody thinks you're shoveling the snow and all of a sudden in an instant something happens and you're toast. A lot of times it's more of a cumulative effect and days later you'll start to feel it. Um, and I would say that that's the vast majority of cases. It's not necessarily the, yeah, I remember that exact point I was shoveling, I felt something and boom, you know, I couldn't move. It's usually I shoveled the driveway, everything seemed fine. My back was a little sore that night, right. went to sleep, got up the next day, felt a little bit worse. And then, you know, you're talking 24 to 48 hours, all of a sudden it's like, now I can't now move. Now I'm not getting up. Right? <laughs> and so it's more of like that cumulative effect and right. the... Um, the muscular injury, and that's sort of similar to a, a delayed onset muscle soreness with mm-hmm. that you see with working out, right? Sure. So, so it's a similar thing versus that instance, like if you're picking something up and all of a sudden it goes and you're not moving, that's likely something like a disc herniation. So, so I, I would say the vast majority of cases are, are the first scenario where it gets a little bit worse um, uh, a few days in, uh, and the good news is those are usually much easier to treat too because right. muscular injuries are going to be uh, definitely more easy to to have treated than than something like a disc bulge or disc mm-hmm. herniation that's putting pressure on the nerve. But I mean, and and here's the other thing too. A lot of the times it can seem like it's just a muscular issue, but it's really a disc herniation, which again goes back to my point consistently of dealing with things early on. Yes, if you feel something, get it checked out. I'm always, I mean, every time I see an acute low back pain case. I always have in the back of my mind that this could be a disc issue because mm-hmm. it's usually the thing that's most severe out of the mechanical issues that can happen in the back. And a lot of times in the beginning, it could simply present as a muscle or something more simple, but yet it's 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 actually worse. So it's very, very important to keep in the back of your mind that yes, this could be a disc issue. And if it is, again, those are things that need to be taken you know, all, all injuries need to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. but a disc disc injury, like a disc bulge, disc herniation, putting uh, pressure on a nerve, that's no joke. And anybody that's had that um, knows oh, that, yeah. that it's very, very oh, yeah. serious stuff. Um, and then, you know, once if you get neurological involvement and it starts to really put pressure on the nerve and now all of a sudden you're losing muscular control or sensation and things like that, that's bad news bears. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. What else is going on with you the last uh, last week or so we should know about? Uh, well, you know, this time of the year, we, we were talking before, uh, you know, vaccinations, the flu shot, flu shots, right? Yeah. So that's a big thing. Um, and I often will get asked, is it something that people should or should not be doing? Um, I, I'm definitely a proponent for vaccinations in general. Mm-hmm. I think uh, um, that it's done incredible things for society. In in terms of the flu shot, I mean, there there's... It's sort of split there because, you know, it doesn't necessarily protect against all strains. It's case by case, right? Yeah, it's case by case. And I mean, there's definitely some vulnerable populations like the very young, the very elderly, the sick. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Like, even if it's not going to be 100% perfect, why not do something that protects you maybe 50%, gives you a 50% chance of being protected? And 
I mean, so here's here's a good example that I use where someone says, yeah, but I'm healthy and I don't need it. So the example is my mom, for example, has mm-hmm. uh, COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And something like the flu to my mom could potentially be disastrous, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. she absolutely gets the flu shot. Now, I might sit here and say, well, I'm only 33, so I'm not going to get it. But it's not about me getting sick. Yeah, I'll likely be okay. But what if I get it and somehow I give it to my mom, mm-hmm. right? So why not... Um, and I think that's another important thing to consider is who are the people around you that are potentially these vulnerable populations? Right. It's not just, are you the vulnerable population, but are you, what if you're working with the elderly, right? Like people, are, you know, so I think it's- Or in a daycare. Or in a daycare. They, those exactly. people generally get it, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I think it's very, very important. And most people are not isolated where they're just with themselves. So I, I would say, you know, overall the vaccination, uh, uh, getting protected against the flu is very, very important. And there's- I mean, if if people, people often think like the regular cold that they get is the flu. That's not the flu. If you've ever had the flu, you're incredibly sick. Yeah, you know. Even someone who's young and healthy, you're you're sick. This isn't, oh, my throat's a little sore and my nose is running. No, no, no. That's like the common cold. The flu is, the flu is no joke and it it kills a lot of people. Um, Again, especially in those vulnerable populations. So um, I think it's, uh, it's important that people do get vaccinated. Hey, Bill, good morning. How are you, pal? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's your concern? Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for call- taking my call. Sure. My concern is I'm dealing with urethral strictures. Sorry? A stricture in my urethra. Okay. So I had high food for prostate cancer nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And I had strictures related from that. Everything was good. And then the cancer came back about a year ago. So I've just gone through radiation. 20 bouts of radiation over a four-week period. And now the strictures are back. So I've had to go to the hospital. I've had it dilated. And now I'm self-cathetering. Okay. And But I'd like to get it sort of really fixed. Now, the issue right now, which I can't understand, is even though I get up numerous times during the night, which I've dealt with that for years and it's not an issue, I have no problem urinating. Then... Once I'm awake, brush my teeth, then I can't. Then I've got a catheter. And catheter, like, I can, you know, get little bits out during the day, and then, but I end, end up having a catheter like three or four times a day. So, so what's the question, Bill? Question is, how can I get rid of the stricture for good? Uh, wrong person to be asking. This is definitely not my area of expertise. Um, you need to be seeing a urologist. Uh, oh, which uh, I have. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm uh, you know we're mainly dealing with the musculoskeletal injuries, and then this is not something I've ever dealt with, um, so I'm not the right person to deal with that. But I would I would say for sure um, the a urologist, of course, is, is the right person to deal with that. So um, you know, and and here's another thing: if you don't like the opinion of one urologist or you don't necessarily agree, um, you can always get a second one. And I think that, and I think sometimes that's important with. With a lot of things, it's important to maybe have a few opinions on how you sure. deal with something. Billy, appreciate your phone call and time for you as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You want to email uh, Dr. Lou anytime as well, info at paincarecanada.com. Just getting warmed up here. Lots more on the way. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And 11.13, Saturday morning, Dr. Payne Show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. you got questions about your health, bring them on. Maybe calling for the uh, benefit of a friend or family member, that's cool too. We'll take them right before, uh, up to uh, around 12 o'clock today. 
yeah, flu shots one thing, vaccinations another thing. We you know we were talking off air during the break about people that uh, are believer or at least they're hardcore non-believers in vaccinations. And, uh, you know, you kind of made the good point. Yeah, I get it on an individual basis or maybe for your kid, but look at the grand scale. Like polio, fun disease. You want that coming back. I mean, I think it's crazy the way we're we're moving towards that. And again, I I don't want to be critical of people's choices, but I just think you need to understand the bigger picture here of what public health has done with vaccinations. Like we've eradicated diseases because of vaccinations. And now to think that, you know, and, and the research is very much doesn't support that there's anything negative for it. When you look at a lot of the research, even a one one groundbreaking study that did have a link um, was found to be very very flawed, and and the study was actually retracted. So overall, the um, the science doesn't prove that there's anything negative with a vaccination. Uh, and and I think it's a very dangerous thing that more and more people as time go, go goes on, we're moving towards this anti-vaccination thing. It's 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 potentially a very dangerous thing in my opinion and based on what I what I've seen on the research. So uh, I mean that's that's a heavy topic. It's sure you know a lot of people have their their personal pre- preferences and I think I think it's a debate that needs to be had. But that that is my view on that. So um, it's a, it's a slippery slope. It is. We'll get to uh, Ed. Hey Ed. Good morning. Hello. How are you guys? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Uh, well, just over a year ago, I slipped on some ice coming out of work there, and, um, you know, the hands went, arms went back in the air to steady myself, and I pulled something in my arm, a muscle there, yep. you know, by my bicep, and now even to this day, you know, if I'm, they've done ultrasounds and said, no, nope, it was a pulled muscle, that was it, but whenever I do anything, like, you know, I, I went a, lot, a few months ago to throw a ball for a dog, and as soon as my arm went over my head and forward in the throwing motion... My bicep just like felt like someone was sticking pins in it there, and you know, tears came to my eyes. It was that painful, and it's every time I do that, I've tried it a couple. What times treat? What treatment have you done for it, Ed? I've um, done a little bit of a massage there. I went to a guy who did like a little red laser dot thing there and stuff. And so how mu- how much therapy? Um, not a lot because I don't have any insurance or anything there. So. Yeah, so so definitely with a, a physical injury like that, you need to be doing rehabilitation, um, and a lot of it should be exercise-based things that you're doing um, every day to strengthen that area. Like th- these injuries don't just heal on their own. Um, and yeah, I, I get the point about the lack of coverage and whatnot, but unfortunately, that's the reality of our system. And and but if you need that, then there's really no better option um, that you need to get therapy and you need to rehabilitate that area. Otherwise, it's it's just going to be like that. And then if it's like that for a long period of time, it will just become a chronic issue. Mm. Um, and things will only get worse in all honesty. Like I, I, you know, I make no bones about it. I'm not trying to be harsh about it, but the reality is that these physical problems that, um, need physical intervention and, and your story is unfortunately not unique. I hear it a lot where people say, yeah, I had this type of physical injury. Um, this happened and I haven't done anything for it. And it's like, well, you need to do something for it or otherwise it's going to, you know, this is one thing if when you're 20 uh, and you have that type of thing, maybe it heals or the, the wrong thing to, the wrong way to look at it is oftentimes when you're young, the pain goes away, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it heals properly. And a lot of those injuries actually come back to bite you in the butt later on. But, um, you know, as you get older and these things happen, they are less likely to, to go away on their own for sure. Um, and so, yeah, you likely need therapy. I mean, if there's nothing more serious there that's surgical in nature or anything like that, 
you need the therapy. And even, you know, here's another thing with people, even a lot of times when you do need surgery, you still need therapy, Yeah. right? I, I, had, a, I had a patient this week that has um, uh, inflammation in their wrist. It's called Dequervenz tenosynovitis. Um, wow. and yeah, that, that needs an acronym big time. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> but they've got inflammation and they do tiling and, uh, they want to now go and get surgery. And I, and my first recommendation was take time off from work because mm-hmm. if you don't stop, then the inflammation isn't going to go away, but they don't want to take time off work. And now they want surgery. It's like, well, don't you think you're going to have to take time off with surgery? Yeah. Like maybe it, more. Yeah. Well, or maybe potentially less, but I, I would say, why not just try it? Um, first, so yeah, Ed. Sorry, not to not to go on too much yep. of a tangent here, but you need you need a little bit of therapy and you need some rehab in that arm, um, and that will likely help you significantly. And if you don't do that, unfortunately, there's not going to be a heck of a lot of other things. All right, perfect. Okay, thanks, Eddie. Appreciate your call. Uh, you want to call in? You have time four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. You know it's amazing. I'm guilty of it as well. When it comes to taking care of your body and other things in life, there is priorities. We'll talk about that here in just a bit. Brian, I see you there as well, and lots of room for your phone calls. We'll get right back at it. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It is 1121 and 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale to uh, ask your questions and comments till uh, 12 o'clock. Hey, Brian, good morning. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. What's up? Uh, I just wanted to make a comment on uh, the fellow that phoned in a few minutes ago about when he was doing the throwing up motion and uh, really had a lot of pain from that. Um, Just to go back a little bit, when I was in my younger years, I played a lot of baseball and I obviously had to throw the ball a lot. And what I did was I sustained an injury, which at that point was fairly minor, but I never got it looked at. And uh, here I am, 71 years of age, and two years ago I take up tennis and of course the first thing I do is when I go to serve a tennis ball over, you know, same thing, my right. arm over Shoulder, my yep. head. So anyway, make a long story short, I go, and uh, apparently I had been living for the better part of 35, 40 years with a torn rotator cuff. No yep, there you are. So, I mean, and, you're, you're highlighting exactly what I'm saying is a lot of times when you're young, these things, the pain may go away and, or, or if you don't do that activity as much anymore, but these things don't just uh, heal on their own. No, they don't. And, yep. uh, so I, I thought it was a good example for that, you know, that that happened, similar kind of thing happened to me too. And, um, you know, so anyway, I ended up going and getting, uh, I, I would encourage that gentleman to get himself an ultrasound. And, he he uh, already, he mentioned he already had one. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, I'm no doctor, but I would, you're obviously the professional, but I would bet you dollars to donuts if that fellow's got something wrong with his rotator cuff. Yeah. I mean, potentially. Now the other thing is a lot of tears are, a lot of rotator cuff tears are unfortunately the the reality of just degeneration. They just ha- tend to yeah. happen um, as your body gets older. So, um, yeah, I mean, the most important thing when it comes to these types of injuries, and I mean, we've had shoulder surgeons on, on the show. It, it really comes down to a professional who knows yeah. that area of the body and the physical exam that they do. And if you do the right physical exam, then the ultrasounds, the MRIs are really just to confirm what you already know. It's just to you know, to put the check mark beside the box saying, yeah, we've, we've confirmed this on imaging, but a lot of these things are, we can, we can tell just based on the physical exam, but I mean, thank you very much for your call. It, it very much highlights exactly the point that I consistently make on this show that think if you don't get these things dealt with, they don't just, fester. yeah, one day they will come back. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Got uh, Hey Chelsea. Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? What's going on with you? Hi, uh, so I'm 24 years old from Toronto. Um, 
I had scoliosis surgery when I was about 16. I have two rods and about 32 screws in my back. Yep. Um, and I was also diagnosed with oste- osteomyelitis of the spine shortly after. So um, I had to have all that taken care of. And yep. I'm still living with pain yep. uh, almost every single day. Um, I do work in healthcare as well. So mm-hmm. I'm on my feet working for eight to 10 hours a day. Yep. Um, and I exercise regularly. I've tried yoga. I do massage therapy. I've done physio. I swim. Um, and I'm not interested in taking any medication, but I'm still living with pain. Um, I can't sit for too long. I can't stand for too long. I can't sleep in the same position for too long. And I just don't know what to do anymore. Right. So let's start with, so how bad was your scoliosis? How many degrees when you had the surgery? Uh, I had three different, um, curvatures. Uh, the biggest I believe was 58 degrees. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I mean, a lot of people have a scoliosis. Like for, I, for example, I have a scoliosis of about twenty degrees. Um, but you, you, in your case, is very different because uh, number one, a scoliosis is very, very important during development. So up until twenty-one years old, which is why they tracked it um, in you. Anything greater than thirty degrees is usually surgical, and then having multiple. Um, uh, curves is obviously another indication. So they'll go in as they did with you, put in Harrington rods to straighten the spine out because that would likely just get worse over your life. Now, the reality is though, it makes sense why you would have back pain, right? Like you have a lot of hardware in there. Um, after those surgeries, a lot of the re- uh, the muscles weaken as well. So, you know, it sounds like you've done a lot of things uh, in terms of the therapy and those things. And those things are great for exacerbations, but you... you you're sort of in the same boat as the, just the general person with low back pain. You got to get your muscles strong. And, and those are not like yoga and those things are great, uh, but they don't specifically rehabilitate the right muscles um, or in the right, in the right progression or in the right series that it should happen. So you need to start with someone from scratch, start the baseline rehabilitation that progresses every two to three weeks until the point that you can do a lot of these things on your own. And even that is not going to make you 100% pain-free because the reality is you you have a, a, a significant problem in your back. But in strengthening your spine and the core and all of the things that surround the spine, uh, what you will be able to do is definitely minimize the pain, uh, mitigate the chance of exacerbations, uh, and and just be able to live with it and and also slow down the progression of of that pain going forward. So that that usually is my recommendation for someone like you is that you really need to get on the right track for the rehabilitation component and doing these exercises, you know, daily, sometimes two to three times a day. Um, and then you know the other thing with someone who's had the significant trauma to the spine like you um, because of the scoliosis and the surgery is your spine is likely to degenerate quicker than someone else's. Um, mm-hmm. And so again, having uh, having strong muscles is very, very important towards keeping the pain levels down. So uh, I think you should come see me. I think we should we should assess it and then make a game plan on on who you should see for uh, the right exercises and the therapy, like the massage, the physio, all that stuff. That's all great, but again, that I think should be reserved for periods of exacerbation. Um, and, and really, we need to work on how do we get your muscles in that area strong again to keep the spine stable and the research is pretty clear that when we can stabilize the spine in that sense pain levels do go down okay thank you so much no problem no problem thank you thanks chelsea uh follow up one uh, pardon me 
<laughs> 1-855-DRLOU. Dr. Lou. Yeah, I'm not, not going to yeah. save you. No, no, no. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Good doctor. Info at PainCareCanada.com through email. Your phone calls as well, 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. Still got lots of time. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 1130. Dr. Payne Show, 416-870-6400. Star 640 on your cell. Yeah, talking about following up when you get problems and symptoms. You know, it's funny, and, and I'm guilty of it as well. I'm sitting, I told you today, this problem in my elbow's it back. Works. It's been gone away. Turn your mic on, you monkey. There it is. It goes away you for know, six I months. what this thing was like. The on-off button? Yeah, like only yeah. a few months ago. Wow. I was like, oh, that's what that is. Because it's usually done. Like as Oh, you get as, served. Yeah, yeah, yeah. done yeah. for me. Yeah. Wow. And and one day I was like, I wonder what this thing's for. And mm. I'm playing with it. Like, yeah, it turns your mic on off. and off. Can you hear me now? On. Yeah. On. on. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like preschool. So yeah, taking care of your problems when they arise. I mean, I'm guilty. I have this elbow that keeps coming back. Have I gone to you for it? No. no. But when people no. go home today and they find out their cable is out. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. They're making that phone oh, call. Oh yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean Weird how we work. Yeah, I mean that's that's psychology. Yeah. Different show. We got to we got to do a whole one on that one. But yeah, I mean hey, everybody I'm guilty of it myself. Yeah. You know, I I've put a lot of my own injuries on the back burner as well. Um so I I think that's human nature. Uh but I mean this is the reality is I have to be an advocate for this because if you if you don't tackle it the right way, then these things get worse and I mean the research is pretty clear on a lot of this stuff. Like, it's not rocket science. I, I consistently usually say the same message. It's it's really about getting early intervention. And then the intervention, a lot of it has to be exercise-based, right? Like what I just told Chelsea. Like, a lot of it is just how do you get that area of the body back to being strong right. on its own. And and that's, you know, unfortunately, I'm giving away all my secrets here. But that's that's really the two big things. Like, early intervention... For these musculoskeletal injuries and then long-term exercise rehabilitation is usually the answer um and if you can do those two things oftentimes these things are you're going to get them better and i mean the best research that we have on a lot of different types of injuries and this is pretty consistent whether we're talking about the hip the knee the back the neck if you do this type of stuff it's going to work and and exercise is a big big part of it the the exercise rehabilitation and now you know that could a lot of people can walk you through exercise rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. It's just about going to the right place um, to do it. And really, I would say that that's where we specialize: is we make sure that people are um, doing that right exercise rehabilitation. I'm every everyone I see, I'm telling them the things that they should be doing on their own. Like there might also be, you know, the example of the person I was talking about with the uh, wrist issue, the decoyvens tenosynovitis. Same thing. Like you're telling someone to take some time off to do things, and a lot of times right. people. They don't understand. Like the reality is, if you don't do it now, if you don't take the time now, you're gonna have to take the time the time somewhere. Like if you do surgery, you're not going back to work the next day. You're gonna have to take time off. You're still gonna have to do the rehabilitation. Right. I mean, there's very good evidence to suggest that if you do some type of surgery and then don't do the exercise, the rehabilitation following the surgery, your outcomes are not good. No. You have to do no. that stuff. So it's usually a part of the game plan. Um, Anyways, and and again, I again, I'm just trying to hammer home the same message consistently week to week that it's it's early intervention. A lot of it is exercise based, and you know, people want a quick fix for it. They want someone to do something to them or a pill or something that will will get the, rid of these things. But the reality is that's not the way it works. It. That's yeah. not the way it works. And I mean, I if I ever develop something different, I'll let everybody know. But I I also tell people I don't have any magic cures. There's no 
I'm not selling anything here that's like, yeah, come see me. And, you know, a lot of this is just simply management. Yep. Um, and, and that's the reality of it. Well, I mean, I speaking from a, a you know a, a personal standpoint, my sister in law, I think we'll have her on next week because she's got she's got the grandson right now, so she's like up to her waist in kids. But <laughs> I might have her on the show next weekend because she she came to you and I told her to go see you because she had back problems. I can't yep. remember what her diagnosis was with you, but you know she got treated went for a few treatments with physio. Yep, been given exercises by your team, and every time I see her, I break her hump. You doing them? She goes, Yep, every night religiously. Yep, yep. do them every day. How's yep. your back? Almost hundred percent. Yep, almost hundred percent. Yeah, I remember when I when I saw, and I'm I, I'm assuming she'll be okay with me saying this, but when I saw her, I told her you, you got to like the passive therapies, the medication. Yeah, very very important in the beginning, but at this stage now, you got to be doing exercises. And here's the thing: if she stops doing them, and it, it's not unlikely that her pain is going to come back. A lot of times, this stuff is this is part of your life now, yeah. right? Like if you're diagnosed with diabetes, and it's a, it's a consistent analogy that I use. And you're told to take some type of medication for it, like metformin. That's not like I'm going to take it for three weeks, get my blood sugar under control, and then stop. No, unfortunately, you now have diabetes. You this is this is a management issue. Low back pain is the same. I we were just talking that you know the the stat is about eighty percent of the population will experience back pain at some point in their life. And and the and the research is pretty clear that once you've experienced it once, and I mean we probably have a ton of people listening that can vouch for this. If you felt low back pain once in your life, you've probably felt it a second time. You you've probably oh, yeah. felt it a third time, or it's probably always a little bit there. And that's just the reality of of spine related pain. That's the way it works, unfortunately. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the, that's why the answer is often doing the right exercises to strengthen. Uh, strengthen the back and the core. And this isn't just, you know, the, and, I, and I'll often refer to research. The research is, all, is, is also pretty clear that this isn't like, oh, here's a form with five exercises that I want you to do. It needs to be graded rehabilitation. There needs to be um, something that prevents adaptation, that continually makes it harder and mm-hmm. harder. And then you go and do these things on your own. That's it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Any of this ring true for you, feel free to give us a call and uh, and talk about it. And you've never, you never guarantee pain-free. That's not the point of this. Never, ever, ever, never, right? ever, ever am I guaranteeing pain-free for anybody. That's not. And you know what? Anybody that's suffering with any type of pain is usually not looking for pain-free. They're just looking to be looking better. to live. Yeah, they're looking yeah. to be better. Like, I think we all have some low-level pain at certain points. No, no, no. There's no guarantee here of pain-free. Absolutely not. Yeah. We'll take a, a short break. Got time for you and your phone calls. we got open lines. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Info at paincarecanada.com. you want to reach out and uh, contact Dr. Lou and one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. We'll get it happening for you. It's 1137. More Dr. Payne right up till noon. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It is almost uh, 1140. Still plenty of time for you to uh, call in, ask your questions. This is the show to do at 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. John, thanks for uh, hanging in. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, sir. What's uh, what's going on with you today or in general? Oh, in general. Uh, quite a bit, actually. Okay. I was listening, listening to what you guys were talking about, about the pain management and, uh, with the back and so forth. I'm 45 years old. Uh, when I was uh, 11, I, 11 to 12 that year, I grew 11 inches, so scoliosis became an issue. Um, recently, I had an MRI done, and they found 12 angular tears down my spine from my neck to my tailbone. Yep. Um, I'm in the construction field, so it's I'm constantly using my shoulders and so forth and getting pain 
in my shoulders um, and my neck and right down my back. They, I was, they prescribed me medications for pain, uh, the opioids and all that, which I'm, I've gotten off of and don't want any pain, but I, I like the idea of the exercises that you were talking yep. about just to see if you have any thoughts of uh, what are good temporary until I can come in and see and see what I can do. Well, yeah, and so so this is a question I get a lot as well with the, like, are there general exercises? Um, so I'm often hesitant because it very much depends on the person, right? Like not depending on previous injuries, what the exact issue is. Not all exercises are good for um, uh, for everything. In general, however, uh, there's a biomechanist out of Waterloo. His name's Stu McGill, Dr. Stu McGill has okay. what he calls the big three exercises. And you can look those up. Everyone can look those up. Um, and it's a combination of planking, uh, on a general plank, side planks, and then a modified crunch. There's not a sit-up, but a modified crunch. Right. Th- those, and then what's called a bird dog, uh, which is very, very hard to explain. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I know what a bird yeah. dog yeah, yeah. That combination of exercise seems to be very, very good for almost any type of back pain uh, because okay. it doesn't... You're never really putting someone... So the problem being a lot of things, like I'll get a lot of people that say, well, I do yoga and it's not feeling better, but it's like, well, you know, you potentially have a disc herniation and you're putting your body in flexion or you have stenosis and you're putting your body in extension. The nice thing about those exercises is very much there's a lack of movement uh, versus it's just mainly about strengthening um, and planking. So anyways, going back to planking, planking seems to be pretty good for almost any type of back pain. Now, now here's the issue. It's It's... It's never just the exercise, it's the progression of the exercise that's the most important. Um, Well, I shouldn't say the most important, but equally important. It's the progression and how you modify for, you know, I'm not going to give a plank to an 85-year-old woman the same as I would to a 45-year-old man, for example. Um, And so uh, that needs to be modified. But in general... Getting the core strong is the goal. And, and, and again, those, those exercises are sort of um, a good general place for anybody to start. Oh, perfect. Okay. What are your, th- what are your thoughts on the resistance bands? Uh, for, for core exercises? For core, even in the shoulder and stuff like that. You. Yeah, I, and, and again, this is where, this is where um, progression is what matters. So if we, and I'll give you some simple rehabilitation um, classes right now in terms of teaching people. Your muscles work in a couple different ways. So we have what's called isometric, concentric, and eccentric. So isometric is when you can activate a muscle without actually moving it through its range. So um, a good example of that is like if you have your arm stretched out and we're dealing with the bicep and you press it against the bottom of a table um, and you're pushing up, my bicep is not moving, but I'm activating it. That's called an isometric contraction. So there's an activation of the muscle, but there's no movement of it. Versus if I then take a dumbbell and my arm is straight and I lift it up, that's concentric. So I'm shortening the muscle versus eccentric. Now I'm, I'm at the top, I put the weight there and I lengthen the muscle slowly. And I'm telling you those in progression of, of easiest to hardest. So isometric, concentric, and then eccentric loading of a muscle is the progression from easiest to hardest. Um, so a lot of times a bend can often be concentric or eccentric because it requires you to move. If you don't know how to activate a muscle without moving at the isometric, there's no point in going 
to a band, a concentric or eccentric load. Um, and this might be getting very complicated with me just, you know, rhyming it off on the radio like this. But um, my point being is that you have to be able to activate a muscle properly without moving it through its range first. So are bands good? Yes. But the, but at a certain point after you know how to activate it with, with a lack of movement first. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. That's no great. problem. Thanks. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. I want to follow up one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. This is why. Well, that's why. Right there, perfect example. You need to just don't wing it. Don't no don't no look no. at someone in the gym and say I'll try that. And that and that's why I'm often hesitant, like to to, to just say, oh yeah, do this. Right. Here's a you know slap this on everybody and everybody mm-hmm. do this because it often doesn't work, right? Because people have modifications. Like you you might have the same disc herniation as another person. Mm-hmm. I can give you an exercise. But you might also have a shoulder tear, and so I don't want you putting pressure on your shoulder. Right. So it, it's a tough one to um, to to give in that sense. Uh, I have an email here. Um, it says, hi, Dr. Luke. Can you help to eliminate pain due to rotator cuff injury? Again, it's a... It's a hard question because it depends what the injury Extremely is, general. right? Like if it's a if it's a complete tear, then you often need surgery, which yes, we can help with. We can we can facilitate uh, a surgeon to see you. Um, a lot of times, it's just simply strengthening that's required. In general, I mean, it it always works the same way. It starts with an assessment. We need to figure out what is causing the issue. Once we determine what's causing the issue, then we have our options for treatment. Um, treatment is often, I mean, when you're, de- well, that's a break that's coming. So. We'll get to the treatment yeah. after. Finish up what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. The I'm, you're a rebel. Be yeah. a rebel, man. <laughs> it's going to be, how, how long do we got? Yeah, you got a minute. Do what a you minute. want. A minute, okay. So, I mean, when you're looking at musculoskeletal injuries like this, there's often, here are the options. You have medicine, yeah. you have injections, you have surgery, you have therapy, you have bracing, and then you have, you know, diet and things like that. You should be trying the least invasive options first, moving towards most invasive. Gotcha. And a lot of times the things that seem to be more prominent, like the injections, things like that, don't have good research. Right. Now we'll take a short break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You still got time. Call in if you have questions you want answered, something physical or otherwise. For you, friend, a pal, family member, bring it on. Dr. Painshell, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It is 1149. Still some time for you to uh, to call in and... Ask your questions. Dr. Lou is here. Tell me a little bit about the uh, the consultation, the follow-up. How do we go about doing that? Sorry, yeah, I was you. reading an email. Maybe I should wake up. What would well, you say? I should pay attention to you. Hey, Johnny. What are you, my wife? I'm a little bit sick, so that's the other problem. Thanks for telling me now in this hermetically sealed studio, breathing <laughs> each other's CO2. We're not on the same mic. We're close enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're close. That's true. Sorry, the question yeah, was? Yeah, the, uh, the consultation, the, uh, the initial meeting. The consultation yeah. is very, very simple. You give me a call. And we'll set up or send me an email and we're going to set up a time to have a, a quick conversation. Um, and then an assessment happens in office with nice. me. Uh, it's a one-time visit with me, often maybe sometimes a second visit if we have to get some uh, imaging or something done and we need to review it. Um, and then once we have those answers, then I often send people off to somebody in my team. Okay. Um, and again, that very much, it's very hard. People often say, well, who am I going to see after? It depends. Right. If I'm suggesting that you should be getting, for example, therapy, you might be seeing one of the physios, one of the chiros. If you need surgery, you're obviously going to be seeing a surgeon. So it very, very much depends. Um, And here's a question that I have. I have an email here. Hi there. I've been listening to your show on 640. Quick question. My friend has a five centimeter tear in her rotator cuff. She's been seen by uh, a doctor. She's very afraid to get surgery. Any ideas? 
need to assess it. It's very, very hard to say. I mean, there are some things that require surgery, and that's the best option. Is that uh, a big tear? That sounds like a big tear. Five centimeters. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that, that seems significant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what's also important is assessing physically what's going on. Is there weakness? Does she not have, right. you know, and then those types of things. So um, it's it's these, and these are consistently the types of emails that I get. A lot of times my answer is I need to see it. And then that should make very good sense to everybody. It's it's very hard for me to say without seeing somebody what should or should not be done. So um, this is from Gary. So Gary, if you're listening, um, have your friend give me a call and, and let's set up an assessment. Gary, that's one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, or info at paincarecanada.com. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of, you know, my car's going, uh, 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 uh. what is it? Yeah, you got to come bring it in. Yeah, it's yeah. it's difficult. Like, yeah. and I mean, sometimes there, it's good though that we start with emails or phone calls because sure. there's been a lot of times where I speak with someone. It's like, hey, you're you're doing the right things already, mm-hmm. um, and so I might be able to speak to this person. They might give me a little bit more information, and I'll just simply say, yeah, that surgeon that you're seeing is probably a, a good idea. But it all starts with a simple call, and we're gonna have a conversation that's totally free, and and we uh, and we go from there. Awesome, Sammy. Uh, good morning. Thanks for hanging in. How are you? Yeah, good morning. Dr. Lou. Yes, sir. My son is 34 years old. He blew, he blew his knee ACL. Yep. He's having the operation on Friday at the uh, Women's College. Okay. He's having one operation and he's having another one operation. Why can the doctor do the same knee at the same time? You got to ask that doctor. Hard for me yeah. to say. Yeah. The reason was why that he told us he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the uh, room, the surgery room. Okay. He, he only has got it for an hour. Right. Okay. Well, then that's his reason why he's doing it. Yeah. Yep. Because I was surprised. I thought they would do they would do the both things at the same time. Again, my 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 answer to that is you got to ask him. And it sounds like uh, you've already you already have the answer. He's only got one hour in the operating room and and could do that. That seems like it's the answer. Yeah. yeah. Okay, doctor. Yeah. No you problem. For your time. Thanks, Sammy. Appreciate that. I can understand the frustration, but it's it's the yeah, reality I, of it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get the frustration, but he already had the answer. Yeah. Um, and, and that is a reality of operating rooms, right? They do go based on booking, based on hours that are available, and multiple surgeons are using it. So sometimes if it's, it's really a matter of, is there time in the operating room? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a fair reason, right? Like that's, that, that's uh, maybe not ideal, for sure. Yeah. I, I think I agree with Sammy on that point. It doesn't doesn't seem to be ideal, but it's unfortunately the reality. And so um, those are questions for the the attending physician. How's the uh, the knee clinic? We've had Dr. Bragava and Dr. Gordon on here. Those guys are both excellent talking about yeah. the uh, the injections it's, and stuff you know, like that. You know what? It's been great, and we've sort of expanded as well into shoulders. Excellent. Um, because Dr. Bragava also is a, a, a shoulder specialist. I mean, we're able to see someone. People are coming in to see me. And then on that same visit, they're seeing Dr. Bergava if need be. And that's that's proper management. And then, so here's an example. Someone came to see me, had a bicep tear, happened, I think it was on a Tuesday. They saw me on a Thursday. They saw Dr. Bergava on that same day. By the next Tuesday, they were already having that surgically repaired. Wow. That's nice. plan of management. That's how it happens. They're already in physio and they're already getting better. That's the way this should happen. That's like and living so- in America. <laughs> 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 that's like a, are you saying like I'm American Donald Trump? There. Is that no, what you're, okay. no, no, no. You have much better hair. Trust me. We got to uh, to Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Well, I've had a fairly long term. Uh, when I say long, maybe uh, eight, nine, ten years. It's not on my spine. It's left of my spine, uh, above my gluteus. Yep. And it's, it, it nags mostly. I find when I'm just standing still. If I go 
for argument's sake, to an art gallery and you're standing for long periods of time, if I'm walking, I'm cycling, I'm fairly active, I travel a lot, it doesn't bother me so much. But if I have to stand around, mm-hmm. uh, and I did this morning in line at a store, uh, my, my, that area is it's very sore. And I, I've only tried a very, very deep tissue massage. It's called Twina. And uh, he works the area fairly extensively and very deep, and it's rather painful. And he, it gives me some relief, but it, it hasn't gone away. And I just wonder what else I could or should be doing. You should be getting it assessed. Yeah. Is, is the first thing that I would say is you. I mean, you have. You're telling me that you have still. It's still in the low back. I know what you're talking about. It's the sacroiliac joint right above the the glute. You have pain there. Uh, the yeah. question becomes, well, what is causing that pain? And there's a multitude of different things that could be causing that pain. Um, and the only way to know is to have someone who's you know, a, a proficient at assessing these types of things. Now, that could be your family doctor. It could be a therapist that you know, but someone needs to assess it and give you an answer as to, okay, what is the diagnosis? Once you have the diagnosis um, or a clinical impression at the very least, then you treat it based on that. But there's a whole bunch of different things that uh, that could cause that type of presentation. So, um, you know, okay. th- that's what you got to do. You got to get it assessed. I'm happy to do that for you if you like. Or like I said, you, you could see... Um, your family doctor, but you know, again, these are specialized areas of the body that I often think need specialized knowledge. Um, so, you know, I'm biased and I'll say that I think that I should be the one doing it or somebody in my team at the very least. Right. So I've been to my family doctor. He said nothing really shows up in an x-ray. Yeah. Uh, he thought maybe it could be arthritic. Well, that would show Uh, up on an x-ray. Oh, then he he said it didn't, nothing showed up on an x-ray. Yeah. So, and a lot of times they don't, x-ray. An x-ray is very, very good to make sure that there's no serious problem in the bone, essentially, is what you're doing, or that there's no fracture or anything like that. But a lot of times, these things are soft tissue related, and that's not going to show up on an x-ray. In fact, a lot of times, they don't even show up on imaging for soft tissue right. things. So right. what it really comes down to is, again, physical assessment, functional medicine, someone who understands um, the body puts different strains on that area um, and can figure out, okay, here's the structure that's likely causing that. Once we isolate the structure, then we provide the treatment to that structure. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I'd like to follow up with that. Uh, sure. What do you suggest? Call the clinic, I guess. Yeah, give me you a bet. call. And leave me a voicemail. I'll, I'll give you a call on Monday or Tuesday, and we'll we'll have a quick... Well, I mean, I already know what your issue is, so I'll probably just send it off to my team and get them to give you a call. That's how it works. How That's quick was that? one 55 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. You give me a call, and then uh, we go from there. That's so often what it comes down to. I get like, you got to come here. Let me get my hands on it. Let me manipulate it. See how it moves. I mean, I would say if it's something that I believe we can deal with, I then need to see it. So I'd say 95% of calls that I get need to end up in an assessment with me. Um, And and I think that's just logical. I think everybody understands that. Once we do that assessment, again, then the, the intervention I often will send to somebody in my team. Uh, but we know what it is. It's my opinion. You're getting a lot of people say, is it you that I will see? It is. It's I am the first person that you always see. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get my opinion on what I think is going on, along with, you know, if I need to bring in uh, someone in my team that I think is more specialized, we'll come together with and we'll we'll create at least some type of clinical impression or, or a right. list of potential diagnoses, and then we're going to treat accordingly. That's how treatment is provided. Would his 10 to 15-year history make it any different? Well, it makes it harder, for right. sure, yeah. It, okay. means, it means that this isn't likely going to be, uh, you know, a few therapy sessions and you're all better and, and done. It, it likely means that this is how do you manage this going forward. Right. Yeah. 
And that's it for a uh, for another week. We'll take it from there. You want to contact and please do. It would be a smart move. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, and also info at paincarecanada.com. Till next weekend, Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.